Welcome to this recording, this podcast. My name's Adam Irvin. I'm CEO of Community Pharmacy Cheshire and Wirral. This is on behalf of all of the Cheshire and Merseyside LPCs, and we're going to be hearing about the GPCPCS event. So that's a general practice referrals pathway into the Community Pharmacist Consultation Service. This event happened on the 24th of March, and this is the audio-only recording of the webinar content. So it will be a little odd as with it being only the audio track, um, you won't be able to see the slides, of course. Um, but if it does help more people have access to this track, then all the better. And we thought it'd be good to be to make it available. If you do want to watch the recording on YouTube, the links to that are going to be on the LPC newsletters as well as the websites um, that you can access through your normal means. So for our GPC, GPC PCS uh, evening tonight, um, we've got a few objectives to go through with you. Um, so hopefully by the end of the webinar, you'll be able to understand the referral pathway, how it fits into the existing community pharmacist consultation service, um, understand what the pathway is and how GPs may well be using it to, to refer patients to you. We'll be going through some local protocols and escalation processes. Um, we'll also talk around the local areas later on when we split into the, the CCG areas to talk around that. We're going to understand how the local engagement of your service your, of the service in your area with key stakeholders will take place, what support's going to be available from the NHS England and improvement team, what support the LPCs will be putting in place, and just how you're likely to see it progress over the coming weeks and months. And hopefully by the end of it, the aim of this thing is you should have sufficient information to be able to fully claim your setup fee by the 30th of June 2021. And with that, I'm going to hand over to Lisa, who's going to take us through the rest of the slides. So Lisa, I'll move it on and then just tell me when you want the other ones. Uh, thank you, Adam. Uh, I've always wanted to say next slide. So I'm, I'm so excited. Uh, so um, just before we start, I just wanted to highlight to everybody that there has been an update to the service spec and toolkit. Uh, that was done in the last couple of weeks. So you might have already had that previously, but it's just to make sure that you've got the most up-to-date uh, service spec and toolkit. So that's just like a, a, a caveat to start with. So what's new? Well, like I said, we were discussing, it's an extension of the existing CPCS service, which was launched in 2019. Uh, there's no need to sign up for this service if you are already providing NHS 111 CPCS, okay? There is only a short caveat with that. Uh, it's information that I've been uh, notified of recently is that if you haven't had a referral for a long time, you actually drop off the system. So it might be that you'll have to re-register with MyWAS. So just check if that you are still uh, signed up for that. Um, it, this is about referral from the GP practice of patients with low acuity conditions. Okay, so that's the minor ailments. Um, and this is about, um, this service is very much integrating us as pharmacists into primary care. And it's also the, the whole caveat, the whole benefit of it is to free up appointments for GPs. So there will be no refer GP referral for urgent supply, which is what happens with NHS 111. This is just for minor ailments. Um, and the service formalises current variable care navigation pathways and provides an audit of the value of community pharmacist-led interventions. Because we all know that we're doing this on a daily basis. We're getting displaced patients, we're getting people that can't go through to the GPs, and the GPs are saying, oh, listen, you know, can you go round to the pharmacy? 
So this is happening and it's just formalising that service. It's also ensuring as part of the service that there is an agreed escalation pathway back to the GP. So if we are, you know, through our clinical assessments, finding that a patient might need more higher um, level of care, there is going to be a pathway to refer them back. Uh, also important is that there will be a post-event message sent back to the practice. Um, obviously, we're going to discuss that in more detail later. But this service allows for the closing of the loop so that actually the GP will understand the, the outcome of the referral itself. Um, and also the payment to provide the service will be £14 per consultation. Uh, I was on um, a webinar two weeks ago, actually, and it was uh, a pharmacist that took part in one of the pilot sites. And he said that on a, that the most he ever referrals he got per one in one day was 14 and it was 57 for the week. So we said it's very manageable, but on average, he was sort of getting around six to seven a day. And, you know, that, that is quite manageable for us and can be quite equitable as well. Uh, next slide, please, Adam. Thank you. So uh, this infographic, uh, we can see, sort of highlights some of the main aspects of the service. So if we look at the deep purple um, bit at the top, we can see up to 6% of all GP consultations can be safely transferred to community pharmacy. So it doesn't sound a lot, that 6%, but that's actually, if you translate that, that's 20 million GP appointments per year. Um, and some of the pilot areas have actually said, actually, it could probably be increased that maybe to sort of 10% of referral, um, sorry, of um, patients consulting with the GP uh, for, you know, regarding a condition. And also, if you do have PGDs, for example, that have been commissioned, it might be that you might see even more um, uh, transfers from GPs to yourselves. Um, so what does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean that, OK, there's GP appointments that, that become free. It doesn't mean the GP is going to sit there twiddling their thumbs. Absolutely not. Um, but what it will mean that those patients that have more complex needs can actually fill those appointments. And if you really look at it down the line, it means that those with complex needs are being able to be seen much earlier. And therefore, it might actually prevent admissions to, to hospital as well. Um, so it's really important, this service. Um, if we look at the middle of the screen, where you see the, the pie chart and the three people in, um, if you look at the um, uh, percentages there, uh, from pilot sites, it's estimated that 88% of patients referred to the, to the pharmacist are dealt with. The, the issues are resolved there and then at the pharmacy. That could be through advice. It could be through advice at an OTC, for example. Um, so that's, that's, that's quite a lot of the, that we're resolving on our own there. Um, it's estimated also that 10% of patients may need to be escalated back into another service. But I kind of think to myself, that's not actually that bad a thing because that's actually mean that you're actually able to identify those people that might need, you know, that there could be a serious issue or it could be something that, that needs to be dealt with. Um, so it's, it's even important in that regard as well. Um, and then finally, if you come to the bottom, you'll see that nationally, 94% of pharmacies are offering this service already, um, you know, or signed up to CPCS, for example. Um, and actually in the Northwest, that's actually quite high, uh, quite a few percentage higher than that as well. So we've got excellent coverage across the area. 
Um, and also, if you take a look at the right-hand side, um, in the light grey grey area, I don't even know what that is. I think it might be a, a thermometer, but I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> whatever that is. Um, like I said, you know, it, it frees up those GP appointments. It makes sure that we're integrated to primary care. And this is the first service that actually is really doing that. Um, and obviously, as community pharmacists, we're experts on medicines and managing minor ailments. You know, so we're very well placed to to um, deal with these conditions. Um, and we're also looking at evidence and evaluation from another pilot site, the um, uh, Bristol, North Somerset and South Gloucester pilot that took place in July uh, 2019. They, the outcome and evaluation from that, there was 4,000 referrals um, that were sent. And 71% um, of those were dealt with the pharmacy. And I would imagine that now that they've improved the, what referrals you're getting, that would probably go a lot higher. Um, and again, 12% needed an urgent GP appointment and 17% needed a non-urgent GP appointment. So again, those urgent appointments are probably really, really valuable as well. Uh, next slide, please. So where are we in Cheshire and Mersey? Well, uh, we undertook a pilot during 2019 in parts of HSHK. There was obviously the start of the national service on the 1st of November 2020. Uh, we've actually seen a small amount of activity in some of the areas, and we have over 70 practices in Cheshire and Merseyside. Um, I did a bit of a count on Sunday, and it looks like we had 500 and 92 referrals on Sunday. So we'll probably hit the 600 mark uh, across the area at the moment. Um, so it, it, it's not great, but, but it's obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic and that's kind of delayed progress, but they are starting to build now. Um, we have also secured an IT solution. So uh, NHS England in our region, we've been really lucky actually, um, they already have um, used farm outcomes uh, for NHS 111. And what they did was they actually got funding to, to um, pay for farm outcomes to be integrated into EMIS practices. So the majority of our practices across the region are EMIS. And what they're doing is they're paying for the EMIS to be integrated into the GP practices. And I'm going to show you a little video in a, in, in a bit that, that will you be able to see it from the GP end and what they'll see. But on their screens, there's a patient, um, uh, it's called patient signposting uh, button. And they literally put, uh, press that and the referral can take place. Um, so it's much easier. They don't have to come out the screen, go into something else, whatever. So it's actually really easy for them to do that. Uh, and that's really going to help you uh, with your referrals. Um, also, just a little bit of a caveat here. Uh, there are obviously practices, a very small handful of practices that aren't on EMIS, whether it's System 1 or TPP or um, uh, Vision. Uh, and there will be uh, other ways of, of sending referrals. So you can always, there's always NHS shared mail boxes. Uh, some of them have Arden templates. Uh, some of them are going to be using Farm Refer. So speak to your LPCs around that. But Going forward, when I mention farm outcomes, it's kind of farm outcomes or equivalent uh, for the benefit of this webinar. Um, regional NHS teams uh, will determine the rollout in collaboration with ourselves and with the PCNs. And there's very much a political drive to launch, but obviously it's going to be a very gradual process. When I've spoke to pharmacies that are, you know, are doing this in pilot sites, the big take home for me is it's very, very GP dependent. 
if a GP wants to send a referral, it will, you know, and it's very much building the confidence of the GPs to do that. So it's getting that GP to just kind of, you know, test the water, maybe send, you know, um, a test referral um, and very much will be GP by GP um, process. So we're looking to secure practice, practice engagement, planning and ownership. Um, and like I mentioned there with the COVID presses, pressures, it is affecting process, uh, progress. But this is what this webinar is here before uh, tonight for. You are still able to claim as part of your toolkit, the new toolkit, Appendix F, uh, there is a payment for a setup and engagement fee. And even if you haven't received any referrals whatsoever, you can still claim for that payment. OK, so that's just really important. And we're obviously going to go into more detail about that claim, uh, that payment uh, and the activities and criteria that needs to be met. Uh, next slide, please, Adam. OK, so as mentioned, we've got two pathways that kind of work in tandem. We've got NHS 111 and we've got the GP practice side. So if we concentrate on the right hand side, uh, the patient will call or attend the GP surgery for a minor illness. The patient will then be triaged and it's probably most of the time going to be either reception staff or the care navigators within, within the practice. It can be the, also the PCM pharmacists as well. Um, uh, and they're going to obviously be referred and we'll show you how, what that looks like in, in the video. Um, just a little bit of a caveat here, it's only happened and we've only got a few instances of this happening. But it's where um, they put into the system the, the postcode and the, the pharmacies come up. Um, and also the, the patient can nominate the, the preferred pharmacy. And there's just a few times where the pharmacy hasn't come up for some reason. It's like a glitch in the system of moving, porting over to EMIS. So if that is the case, you know, um, then please let the LPC know because we can escalate that back. Um, it may be that you just need to re-register with CPCS in the first instance. But if that isn't the case, then please let us know. Um, Obviously, then that message is sent to the community pharmacy electronically. Um, so the next slide, please, Adam, is if you'd just like to play the video, as I've mentioned, this is if you just it's only a couple of minutes, uh, but it's really informative, actually, because you see it from the GP side and also from the pharmacy side. Thank you, Adam. The Patient Access Patient Spine Posting app is a new tool integrated into EMIS Web to allow joined up referrals into farm outcomes as part of the Community Pharmacist Consultation Service, CPCS. To use the Patient Spine Posting app, log into EMIS Web in the usual way. When you use Find a Patient to select a patient record, or when any of the care record options are opened from the Quick Launch menu and a patient record is selected, the app becomes visible here. The signposting app is made available at multiple points during a patient's journey so that you can refer a patient easily at any appropriate time. Clicking on patient signposting opens up the app in a new window. The patient and GP details appear at the top of this page. Click create a referral to begin the referral. All of the patient details will be populated from the information held in EMIS Web. A notes field is available to add any clinical information, such as the presenting symptoms and reason for referral. Click continue and you will be taken to a page where you can select an appropriate pharmacy to refer to. The patient's home postcode appears in the search box. Click the search button to display a list of the closest pharmacies to the patient's home address. Or you can search an alternative location 
for example, near to the patient's place of work. Select the preferred site and additional information such as their address, a map of their location and opening hours appears. If the patient confirms their selection, click Send a Referral. You will see that the referral has been successfully sent when this confirmation message appears. Patient advisors can access the patient signposting app directly from the appointment book. Patient advisors should click the Assess for Referral button on the Minor Ailments service to identify patients who can be safely referred through CPCS. A series of triage questions, written and peer-reviewed by GPs, allow the patient advisors to safely identify the appropriate patients for referral. Once the triage questions have been answered and the patient determined is suitable to refer, the pharmacy choice page appears as before. The chosen pharmacy is notified of receipt of a referral into their Pharm Outcome system in the following ways. The pharmacy will receive an email to inform them that a CPCS referral has been received. If the pharmacy has a Pharm Alarm device installed, it will start to flash. All incoming referrals appear at the top of the services screen in the Outstanding Referrals section. The pharmacist receives details of where the referral has come from and the date it was sent. The patient details appear at the top of the referral form, along with any notes made by the referrer. The pharmacist is then able to complete the referral form. The presenting complaint is recorded and links to the appropriate NICE clinical knowledge summaries appear to support clinical decision making. If the patient requires escalation to another service, information on the appropriate pathways appears. If not, a symptom check and any actions taken are recorded. The consultation outcome is then recorded, which may include appropriate advice given, the supply of a medicine by over-the-counter sale or under a local minor ailment service or PGD, or that the patient was signposted or escalated to another service. Incidents such as urgent patient escalations can be reported directly to the CPCS commissioners from within the service using this message box. When the record is saved, a notification is sent back to the referring GP surgery that includes the pharmacist's details, patient details, consultation details and full outcome. And any medicine supplied if this applies. Okay. Uh, thank you, Adam. Sorry, this of a glitch there at the end um sorry about that um but hopefully that's quite informative so you've you've seen it from the gp's side and you've also seen it from the the pharmacy side um and you have a little bit of a look at what, what it actually looks like um so now we're going to go into detail about the gp referral pathway and this is our local process so this is something that's been agreed through through with nhs england with the gps and pcns um, and, and therefore, this is something that, that you should be aware of and your team should be aware of. Um, and it should ideally be built, built into your SOPs as well. OK, so the referral is sent electronically from the GP to the pharmacy. And as mentioned on that video, it's really important that your teams and your that includes locums and um, relief pharmacists or whatever are getting used to checking their mailboxes um, and the farm outcomes regularly. 
okay and put those alert you know alert systems in place you know farm alarm you know have your nhs mail uh, attached to the farm outcomes you can do that in the admin function on farm outcomes so that you'll actually receive an email that you've had a referral as well um so that can help to you to alert that, that a referral has come in um the patient from the gp practice will be told to wait for contact from the pharmacy and that the pharmacist will contact them within two to three hours if it's before 2.30 p.m. Okay. Um, uh, the patients will also be advised if they haven't been contacted by the pharmacy, that they, uh, they should then contact the pharmacy themselves. Okay. And what's really important about that is that it might not be somebody walking into the pharmacy. It, you know, it could be that they phone up um, and therefore, it's really, really important that you educate your teams and your locums and reliefs or whatever uh, to make sure that they're going to be able to identify that it's a formal referral from the GP. OK, because it could just be somebody phone up and say, oh, um, the GP told me to phone you, you know, kind of thing. Um, so it's really make, making sure that, that, that your teams are alerted to that. Um, like I said, anything, any referral sent after 2.30 will be actioned the same day or will be picked up the next working day. OK, but obviously, you know, if you're closed the next day, we'd really, really advise you use your own professional judgment to see whether you can leave that patient, um, particularly if it's more than, than one day. OK, uh, next slide, please, Adam. So as I mentioned there, you know, the, the, G, the patients don't understand what GPCPCS. They have no idea about that term at all. So they're not going to walk in and go, oh, I'm a GPCPCS. Um, they're more likely to say the comments on the right-hand side, such as the surgery team have told me to come here. I've been sent here by the surgery receptionist. You know, someone told me to walk into, you know, it, it could be something as simple to that. It could be somebody just making a, a, an inquiry on the phone. So it's really important that the... Um, you know that your teams are alerted to that because that's the top green part is what the, the the patients are going to be told from the surgery so they're going to be told or your pharmacy are contact with you to two to three hours uh, if it's before 2 30 or it may be the next working day okay um so really important as well that um uh, if you if your team so it, it might be that your um counter staff or whatever are dealing with face-to-face -face customers or dealing with phone calls or whatever so they've really got to identify by these that this is a formal referral because if you don't if they deal with that patient okay you know give them advice give them maybe sell them an otc product same with the advice over the phone then actually it's not a formal referral um consultation that's taken place and therefore you're not able to claim for that so you're actually going to miss that that um, consultation. So, like I said, it's really important that your team um, alert to those things. OK, and if in doubt, just remember to check farm outcomes, check your NHS shared meal box, box or equivalent. Next slide, please, Adam. So the GPCPCF pathway, as I mentioned, the pharmacy will um, should you know should see a referral come in and then the pharmacy should contact the patient ideally by phone because there will be contact details on the referral um the toolkit actually states that you should only make one attempt to contact the patient i would use your professional judgment on that but you ideally only have to contact try and contact that patient once um, and i would probably ideally if i it was me i'd definitely record that i've tried to attempt to contact them 
Um, if the patient walks in face to face or makes a telephone inquiry and it seems like it might be a GP referral, you know, they've said, I've gone to the GP, they've said they referred me here for a minor ailment or whatever, um, and you check on farm outcomes and there's nothing there, um, then it might be that you should contact the GP to just check, is it a formal referral that's actually been submitted and is it, has it actually been sent correctly to, to yourselves? Um, obviously, that referral will come in. And then the pharmacist has to consult with the patient, okay? So it's a pharmacist consultation. And if they attend in person, it has to be done in the consultating room, okay? Um, and therefore, and also contemporaneous notes should be made at the same time um, or that as soon as, as possible thereafter. Um, so it might be, you haven't got a computer in there, but you've written your handwritten notes and then you should upload them onto the system as soon as possible. Um, also bearing in mind that the consultation can take place uh, remotely over the telephone. Uh, obviously, you will check your clinical knowledge summaries, uh, red flags, etc., and give appropriate advice and self-care. So there's lots of outcomes from that consultation. Okay, so one of them might be that you just provide advice to that patient. Uh, and maybe you might want to uh, provide them relevant information leaflets, etc., and also with the disclaimer, always, always, that if they, their conditions don't improve or becomes worse, to contact yourselves or the GP. And then it's um, finalising that, that consultation on farm outcomes and or, or equivalent, and that message will be sent to the GP. And that's about closing the loop, and the GP will see the outcome of the consultation. Other scenarios that might happen is that you will do a consultation, you'll think, actually, do you know what? They'll recommend a product. Uh, it may be that actually they might be able to benefit from uh, a minor ailment scheme. It may be that they might need a PGD, um, you know, if you have them in place in your area. Um, lucky if you are. Um, uh, and also they, they are uh, their own commissioned enhanced services. So you still have to comply with the specs of those. And the payment for that will be in addition to the £14 consultation as well. So that's really important. Okay. Um, so again, we will provide the leaflets and advice, always with the disclaimer of symptoms. Um, sorry, something on my screen there, uh, interrupted me. Um, and then obviously a post-event message to be sent to the GP. Uh, one of the other scenarios is that you do the clinical evaluation and you think that that patient needs a higher um, level of care and that needs to be escalated. Okay, and we're going to go to that into some detail. I'd also like to just highlight on the box on the right hand side, um, uh, particularly mentioned in the toolkit, that this service should not be used to divert or attempt to change the patient's use of their usual pharmacy for their, their, their medication. Okay, um, really important that if you have any evidence of that, please let us know because we can escalate that for you. Next slide, please, Adam. So the escalation process. So remember me talking about the um, infographic that we saw first, that we're only talking about 10 to, at the most probably 20% of um, referrals that you're gonna get in that are gonna need escalation. So this isn't for all um, referrals that you get. Most of them, like we said, are gonna be resolved really well by yourself. Um, but there are gonna be caveats um, when that needs an escalation process. And as you can see there, there's all the different scenarios that might happen from the consultation. 
But it's really important that if you think they need a higher level of care, that you need to use your clinical judgment to determine the urgency route and need for onward referral. So is it a non-urgent referral that needs back, an urgent referral or an emergency referral? Okay, so for examples, uh, a non-urgent referral back might be uh, one I've seen recently was one that I don't know why I'm picking this subject, but it was one for hemorrhoids. Um, and it was uh, they, they had very inflamed uh, hemorrhoids, bleeding, etc. They tried a lot of OTC, uh, didn't want to try something else. Um, and it would be actually the pharmacist said, actually, do you know what? They probably just need some Proctocell or, or whatever. So it's kind of a non-urgent re uh, referral back to the GP for that. Um, uh, an urgent referral might be actually you've done the clinical assessment and thought actually do you know what that sounds more like an actual chest infection and they probably need some antibiotics for that um, and that might be that you might want to make a, an urgent referral back to the GP and then thirdly obviously it might be that you a, a patient presents actually with really severe symptoms actually are getting worse and actually they might need um, emergency care. Okay. Next slide please Adam. So Looking at the urgent escalation process in hours. Okay, so the GPs are open. If you look at the left hand side, this is obviously um, really important. You probably use your professional judgment on this, but anything present, anybody uh, patient presenting with severe symptoms, it's obviously you're going to refer them to AE or call 991. Also, really, really important in that is that you notify the GP and the NHS area team that it's been an emergency uh, escalation, okay? Because that's showing, you know, what a great job we're doing. We're catching these patients, you know, and, and how we're dealing with them. So it's really important that you notify NHS England of that as well. Um, so an urgent in, uh, appointment, in-hours appointment with the GP is required. That's what, from your clinical assessment that you've deemed. And this is part of the uh, toolkit is about you facilitating that appointment. Okay, so you as the pharmacist needs to phone the, the practice, okay, and arrange an appointment. Um, it's obviously really important that you don't set any expectations of any specific treatment or outcomes. Um, and obviously the non-public facing telephone numbers and stuff, you know, you can find them on Service Finder. Um, or it might be agreed local processes. So just one example in my area, uh, one GP has actually said, We'll give you, it's almost like a hot telephone line that they've given an emergency, an urgent telephone line that we said that, that we can share with the local pharmacies to use in uh, urgent referrals. Um, and it might be something that you, uh, or as part of the, the talking with the practices um, that they're put in place. And those numbers are gonna be shared with the pharmacies. So they're able to get in touch with the, the GP quickly. The pharmacist will obviously make that consultation record available to the GP via farm outcomes or equivalent. And the practice should allocate an urgent same day appointment to that patient. Um, it may be that the practice might want to make that directly with the patient or it may be made by you through, through the pharmacy itself. Um, and also it's really important that um, if you are doing that, that you know, let the patient know if they then go and contact the practice you know, to arrange an appointment that they'll only get a routine appointment, they won't get an urgent appointment. It's only through you that they are actually going to get an urgent appointment. Okay. Uh, next slide, please. Uh, urgent escalation process out of hours. So um, this is about um, where the, no GPs are open. 
um, and it's about agreeing course of action with the patient. You as the pharmacist will, will need to facilitate a call to NHS 111 healthcare using the healthcare professionals line. Um, having that conversation, letting them know the outcome of your clinical um, assessment. Uh, the clinical service will provide advice which may result in on referral, for example, to an NHS GP callback for the patient, for example, uh, or resolve the issue so that that episode of care can be completed. So once that's there, once that information is there, you can then record that on uh, NHS, uh, sorry, on farm outcomes and that post-event message can go to the GP. So they get um, an update on the, the, the outcome of the referral. Next slide, please, Adam. Uh, Non-urging signposting process in hours. Again, uh, so this is like I mentioned before, something like the hemorrhoid situation, you know, not really a same day appointment required. Um, and again, it's about you um, facilitating uh, an appointment with the practice. And it, it's about having those local processes in place, um, having those co local conversations with the GPs, what works for them, if it's non-urgent, how do they want you to escalate that back to them? Um, and obviously LPCs can help with that as well, facilitate those conversations. And the same things applies, make, making that consultation uh, record available to the GP and allocating an appointment to the patient um, again. Next slide, please, Adam. Uh, also, just want to reiterate what it actually says in the uh, toolkit, uh, GPCPCS, sorry, CPCS toolkit. It says for low acuity, acuity minor ailment referrals, the service is completed when the pharmacist has a consultation with the patient, either remotely or face-to-face, -face, and has provided advice to the patient. That is what needs to happen. So, service availability. Um, as we mentioned there, it's really, really important, can't strength, um, you know, uh, emphasise this enough, that this must get your teams and, you know, anybody who's working in the pharmacy to check the IT, the farm outcome system regularly. Uh, also your NHS shared your mailboxes as well, um, you know, at numerous times throughout the day. Um, use those other alerting systems that are available, like Farm Alarm, etc. Um, also ensure all pharmacy team members, including locums and reliefs, are aware of the procedures to take um, in place if there are problems, for example. Um, and this is about um, having those key contact um, details. Um, so, for example, if there's, I don't know, a electricity outage, computers go off, whatever, first of all, you need to make sure that you're contacting the GPs to let them know that, you know, you're not able to accept referrals. And it's, it's notifying NHS England at the same time. Uh, there is an email, uh, which is actually a gen generic email box for, for our area, and we can share that as part of our, our webinar tonight. Uh, about um, that should be there, so you should notify them as soon as possible. And the pharmacy lead is um, uh, a chap called Bruce Prentice, who you probably are all aware of. Those key con that key contact needs to be um, in your SOP so that the locum, if they're from outside the area, has that information. Um, also ensure that all the pharmacy team members also know the key contacts for the uh, farm outcome system or whatever system you are using. Um, if there's a problem like with farm, farm outcomes goes down, you know, issues with that, there should be um, an, um, a help desk or something that you can uh, contact. 
and that should be in your SOP as well. Um, and also when locums or whatever are booked, please make sure that aware that they should be delivering that CPCS. Um, you know, it has to be delivered across the whole of your opening hours, both core and supplementary. So even if it's late night or weekends, whatever, you, you never know, you might get a referral and they need to be able to, 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 to deliver that. Really, really important as well. You know, you only need one bad experience. You only need one referral to be missed or, you know, something happened or, you know, something, you know, the patient not being contacted. And, you know, it might be the GPs lose confidence with using the service then, you know, and sending referrals. So it's really, really important that everybody's on board as well. So don't forget, you know, understand your, your, your local processes, what we've detailed previously, you know, contact that patient within two to three hours if it's before 2.30 or um, after, you know, as soon as you can after. Um, uh, make sure that you update your SOPs accordingly. You've got your key contacts. Uh, make sure you've got your service specifications and your uh, toolkits in place as well. Next slide, please, Adam. So how do we involve the whole pharmacy team? Like, like I said, ensuring the whole team understands. Uh, hold a briefing session for your team and you know, use that as evidence. Uh, make sure you've recorded that briefing. Um, provide the one-page overview on how the service will work. So in the toolkit, um, Annex A of the toolkit, is like a checklist that you can work through with your teams, uh, which is a really, really good place to start as well. Um, also allow your time, your, your time for your staff to complete the training. So virtual outcomes is free training there that they can you know, complete and they can you know, complete the training, undertake the assessment, get the certificate that you've done that. And again, you know, that can go in your evidence files. Um, discuss as a team how you're going to work collectively to get the service a success. So, you know, make sure that they understand the local processes, what numbers they need to use to refer back urgent and non-urgent referrals, etc. Um, also, making sure the team members and locals are clear about their daily activities, make sure that they're checking for those referrals. And finally, making sure the team members and locals know how to identify the walk-in patients or telephone inquiries so that they can um, you know, be alert that it might actually be a, a referral through that route. Um, and that's really, really important because we don't want to miss that because you know, it won't be a consultation, won't be able to claim. Uh, next slide, please. So this is a list of all the uh, conditions. Uh, this is obviously in the toolkit as well, but it's kind of your, your typical minor element conditions really. And also, I'd probably say those areas that, like I said, who have P, you know that have PGDs in place, it might be that you can speak to the GPs, and they might want to refer even more um, that might be able to dealt with um, by the PGDs as well. Next slide, please. So this is a really important bit. Uh, this is about the claiming the setup fee. So this is about Annex F. So of the toolkit, in Annex F. This details the requirements. And if you look at the box at the top, that's what it looks like in the toolkit. There's A to E requirements that need to be met to be able to, to claim. And like I mentioned before, it doesn't matter if you don't receive any referral, you can still claim that setup fee. Okay. 
Now, the work for it to meet those criteria must be performed or completed by the 30th of June. And the end date or the deadline for claiming is up to the 5th of July. And that's going to be through the MIMAS. Uh, obviously, this webinar supports some of that claim, particularly part requirements A and B. Um, and we also encourage you to download and print out the GP referral pathway to the CPCS action plan template that's on the PSNC website. And that's the one in the box below. Um, and again, there's a little checklist there that you can work through with your teams um, to make sure that you've got that action plan uh, and you're meeting all the requirements. Next slide, please, Adam. So where are we in the Cheshire and Merseyside region area? Well, we've gone quite a lot of planning and we're moving on to phase one and, move, and finally moving on to phase two. So we've got system engagement, we've got NHS England that have secured the IT solution to get the referral mechanism. Uh, we've um, also got agreed local pro protocols across, across the area. Um, and that's what we discussed earlier today. Um, and they need to be built into your SOPs. Uh, we've also got some early adopted PCN sites and for GP practices that are just starting to send referrals. Um, you know, and we've got um, obviously local engagement in some areas and we have go live support. Um, we're obviously planning for a wide, wider rollout and we have resources and support to be con 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 confirmed. But a lot of our LPC areas now, we have funding to actually support you with this. Um, so we have, you know, various like our engagement office and stuff can help with that. And what I'd really, really invite, you know, I can't really stress it enough, really. It's about being proactive. It's about you having those early conversations with the GPs to ascertain, have they got an appetite, to, you know, to start thinking, you know, um, have, you, have you thought about sending some referrals to us, you know, to free out up appointments? Do you want to have a go at sending a test referral? You know, um, and they can start doing that. And if you have GPs that are really interested, please, please let us know as LPCs we can start working with those practices um you know and 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 look at getting those you know increasing those referrals helping building the confidence of the, the reception team and the care navigators um they've got um you know we've also got at the lpc uh support staff that can help with all the local community pharmacists and building their confidence you know to deal with referrals as well um, and also, I just want to mention at this point as well, um, we're talking about GPC CES, but th there is discussions looking in the future, but there is discussions going on about hopefully there might be um, where the GPs really aren't in um, involved. There might be a patient referral um, service that might come on board where the patients might just actually be able to book their own referrals, you know, via on online. And that's hope that's something that might come in the future as well. Uh, next slide, please, Adam. So I'm literally going to go through Annex F requirement by requirement, uh, just so you've got it straight in your head um, uh, and it will help you meet those requirements to be able to claim. So the first requirement is a contractor should participate in discussion with delivery partner LPC leads to look, look at the in promoting and uptake of CPCS locally. Well, that's exactly what we're doing tonight. The evidence that you've attended tonight, uh, we've got the webinar, we're obviously gonna, uh, that's gonna be a recording. 
it's going to be available on our LPC websites and anybody who didn't attend tonight are able to review them going forward and um, you know that could support your evidence for that. Uh, next slide please. Requirement B, uh, this is to show evidence that you've um, participated in meetings and you've discussed um, the pathway and um, uh, attended meetings about local protocols and referral processes. Um, you know, and, and you know, fully engaged with the local plans. Well, we've discussed that tonight. We've discussed the local Cheshire and Merseyside referral pathway um, and also some of the escalation back as well. Um, so that again is going to be detailed in the webinar that, that will be that that's that's agreed, obviously, with all the PCNs and GPs, and for those not in the PCN, it's my area, some of those practices. Um, so they will be available on the LPC websites. Next slide, please, Adam. So requirement C, uh, this is about the contractor must ensure that the relevant members of the pharmacy team have read and understand the briefing materials. Okay. Uh, so again, get them to read, you know, view the slides, get them to look at the recording if they have time. Uh, detail the CMS, um, the Cheshire and Merseyside processes. Make sure they're built into the SOPs. Make sure they sign that they've read the SOPs, for example. Um, get your, you know, download that action plan from the PSNC website and we'll start working through that with your teams. Give them opportunity to, to you know, do their own training, you know, using the virtual outcomes uh, platform for that as well and um, making sure you, you keep the certificates that they've done that. Uh, next slide please Adam. Uh, right requirement D. So this is about creating the action plan. Like I said just it's it's literally we're trying to make it as easy as you can for you. Download that action plan from the PSNC website uh, you know and start working your way through it. Again if you need any support from that please come back to the, the LPCs. And then finally, next slide please, requirement E. Uh, this must be that the contractor should ensure that relevant members of the pharmacy team are fully briefed and have read and understand the information. So like I said, all that information, it sounds like, it sounds like I'm there repeating my same, the same thing really, but make sure those, they understand the local processes, what's expected of them, uh, go through the action plans with them, also, much you know, further um, information is available from NHS PSA and PSNC websites as well. Okay, uh, don't forget to download the service spec and the toolkits as well, which just been updated. And thank you, Adam. Um, <laughs> getting ready, next steps. So this, like I said, make sure you've got your action plan template in place when you're working through that. Ensure your relevant team members, including locums and relief, have access to the farm outcomes so they know how to get in, they know the passwords, etc. They can also um, access NHS mail or your team members, particularly around that, um, and summary care records if that's relevant. Don't forget to review and update your SOPs with the local processes. Uh, your key contacts, for example, if you're, you know, you're not able to provide the service on one particular day, you really need to notify NHS England of that and the GPs. Um, also, the IT context for your um, you know, farm outcomes or equivalent system. Don't forget to submit your claim deadline, 5th of July for that. Uh, also, look out for information from your LPC and the newsletters going forward. Um, 
really, really want to highlight that you must have a robust procedure in place for checking referrals into your pharmacy. Don't forget to include them in your local packs. You know, please don't, you know, it only takes, like I've mentioned, it only takes one misreferral to, you know, for the confidence of the GPs, you know, to, to prevent any other further referrals. So we've really, really got to get this right. Uh, look out for information specific to your area through your NHS shared mailbox. That might particularly be coming in from NHS England. And, and, and also, like, you know, I said, you know, con contact the LPC if you're starting to sign that, you know, GPs are interested or have had a couple of test reversals. I noticed from my area, we've started to see a few test referrals coming through. And it's like really interesting that because it's like, oh, get the LPC, do you know, do you want to go a little bit further? Do you want to try it a little bit more? Um, and notify us as LPCs because we can really help, um, you know, um, increase the amount of referrals that you're going to get and support the GPs to do that and the, 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 the local community pharmacies around that GP site. Um, next slide, please, Adam. So GP practice engagement. Uh, like you said, we've got the NHS project leads in place that are speaking to GPs all the time. They're preparing them. They're trying to get those practices with appetites, encouraging them. Um, they are also, you know, making sure that they they understand how to use the the, the IT, you know, patient signposting app, um, uh, you know, that's on their remit screens or equivalents. Um, they also understand um, the training. They've got their own toolkits. They have own their own videos that will help them. Um, and also, you know, they may need to send, like I mentioned there, they may need to send some test referrals to yourselves. And obviously you'll be advised of that, you know, because obviously we're working with the local community pharmacies around each GP site. Um, you know, and we will be notifying you of that. Uh, and obviously when a practice decides that they want to go live, you know, and we've got that support in place, we will be um, speaking to the practice to ensure that they understand the local processes and pathways. Okay, and next slide, please, Adam. So uh, that's all from me. I'm sorry I've gone on a bit. Um, obviously, I've seen a lot of questions and answers come in. I mean, obviously, I think we're going to capture them and, and share them, you know, uh, following this presentation. I'm going to hold, hold you back to Adam now, who's going to um, just tell you what's happening next. Brilliant. So there have been a number of questions answered in the chat. I think a number of them centre around the, the spec of the service and the detail, how things being decided. Um, just, just to pick up on that, because I think although we have answered the questions as we go, it's really important to know the service was trialled. It was trialled in the Holton St. Helens and Knowsley area, as well as Bristol, North and Northeast Somerset. Um, and a lot of the service spec was actually shaped by, by what happened in those pilots. So, so an example of that is the reason why it's for pharmacy to contact the patient upon a referral. It's actually up to allow the pharmacy to best manage their workload because the majority of these come in first thing in the morning when patients are contacting the, sur the surgeries. And when they didn't put that step in, you just ended up with an immediate massive extra queue at nine o'clock, whereas actually allowing the pharmacy to contact them directly allowed us to spread that work through the day um, and many of the other things have, have been arranged through that and that's that's why it's been ended up in the national template um, i don't anticipate us going through all of the questions because there's been just over 50 questions answered plus more within the chat function um, i just want to really re reiterate uh, lisa's point it, this is about relationships this is about relationships with the local practices 
how their, their teams are set up and what they know about what pharmacy can and cannot handle, depending on the services that's being commissioned in your area. But it's also about relationships. If you do get a referral, the, the whole premise of a community pharmacist consultation service is you do get a payment to deal with that referral for the person. Um, and that payment's £14 at the moment. Obviously, if if that person isn't eligible to have any further service, but you feel they need to be signposted, that's what you're getting paid to do. You're getting paid about £14 to do a hot handover of that patient back by whichever means are appropriate back to the practice. That's not just to say you need to go back to the GP. What you should be doing is phoning via that secure line, that, that direct professional line to say, I've got a patient here, you referred them to me. However, they're not appropriate and this is why and you need to make an, an appointment back. And I think you'll, that, that will take some time to build up and to get properly, but it's really important we do get that right. And that's certainly what we, we have been stressing as the various areas go live. Um, I'll give it a couple of minutes. If you've got any questions, if you want to put them in the question and answer forum, if you've not asked it already, and um, what we'll do is we'll try and pick those up live and see if any of the, the members of the LPC teams want to, to host any of those. While you type your questions, I suppose one of the things I did want to just go through, there's a number of resources and we will, not only are we recording this for YouTube so people can watch it after the effect, um, but we're also gonna be sharing the slide deck on the, the LPC website. So you'll have all these lists of links. There's some great training resources, you know, from, from virtual outcomes through to the, the core toolkit, the Royal Pharmaceutical Society have done some really good stuff and there's the PSNC sites as well. So we've tried to collaborate and concatenate a number of those lists and a number of those links so you've got them there for you um, and then you can do it. If you do need extra support beyond the links that are there, um, you have your LPC contact details. The key ways of contacting each of the LPCs is up there um, and you'll know from the LPC newsletters who's who and what their roles are um, and how to get in touch with them. So there's a question just come in about uh, a referral late one afternoon. Who wants to pick this one up? So for those that haven't read it, it's if a referral comes late one afternoon and the pharmacist is unable to contact the patient until the next morning, and then because of the delay, the patient comes to harm, who is responsible? The surgery for missing an urgent case or the pharmacist for not contacting the patient? Anyone want to pick that up or shall I take it? I'll take it. And so, so ultimately the, the CPCS, you've got the, the where the referrals have come in. Lisa went through the, the strands that you can refer in there. Those have been deliberately chosen in terms of minor ailments to reduce risk. Um, and certainly from the, the patient access video we saw earlier and whichever tool each surgery do, there is going to be a top level triage, so it should pick up the urgent patient. So we are referring people for those minor conditions. 
Um, and therefore that's that's where the, the buck stops, is the person who made that referral and, and made that element. We have got the guidance in terms of what the timing should be. So um, as part of signing up for CPCS, if you're getting a referral before 2.30, uh, then you should be contacting them that day. And that's something that you need, individual contractors will need to work out how they can best meet that need. Um, and if it's beyond that, then you've got the timeline and that's there. So that should give you the, the clarity that you need. Um, there's some queries there around the minor ailment schemes. Different places and different areas have different minor ailment schemes. Um, some of them are, are to do with, with the minor tier one conditions that are on the CPCS. Some of them are for more than that. So for example, in, in my patch, um, we don't have a minor ailment service in Warrington. We've got tier two ones in both Cheshire and Wirral, and they're covering things like UTIs in women from 18 to 65. Um, we've got some oral thrush ones and a few other conditions there. So it does vary massively. I know certainly the, the LPCs, when I've been talking to them, we're all in conversations with our CCGs. We're in constant communications with our CCGs. And I think we'll see as this service develops, I would imagine to go in tandem or dovetailing with it, those minor ailment services will either be commissioned or they will, they will work to, to best serve the, the population that they, that they cover. Obviously, the more we can, can take workload away from general practice, the bigger success the GPCPCS is. Um, and the more we can do that, the more income individual pharmacies can earn from delivering that service. Uh, someone's answered, can we provide an email to get in touch privately? The emails are all on the screen now. Um, if you want individual emails, obviously ours is a support inbox. Um, it's on our website, so they're all very public on there at cpcw.org.uk. Um, there's a, com a, a comment there around patient access, emits and farm outcomes. So there's, there's a lot of extra modules that are needed. We're, we're quite lucky in Cheshire and Mersey that the EMIS integration has been, has been procured for us. Um, so any practices using EMIS have the, the patient access element that's there. For any services, any surgeries that don't have that, so I know we've got a number of TPP practices, um, they have access to farm refer which is similar, but it does involve a bit of data entry, or they can use some of the Arden templates if that practice and if that practice commissions that, which is another module that just allows them to send a, a, a referral directly. At the moment, that referral would go to NHS mail, which is less than ideal, but it does work. In fact, the, the largest trial of this service was Bristol and Northeast Somerset, which was the majority done by NHS mail. Um, however, at the moment, there isn't that integration to farm outcomes. They are talking. Um, so Pinnacle are talking to, to all of the GP system suppliers about how they can ease that integration. So whether that's direct buttons in the system, whether that's a, a link for, for, to intercept messages and pull them out onto farm outcomes, that varies a little bit. Well, Right, so, so what we've got now, we're going to ask you for some feedback and then we're going to go and disperse into the LPC groups um, and I'll put the links up in the chat in a moment around that. So first of all, we've got some feedback just for how you're feeling after this event. Um, so I, what we'll do, we'll launch a poll. Um, there was a bit of confusion when we did this last time. It's marks out of 10 for each of the question. Um, please just have a, have a look and read through. 10 is the highest score you can give where you're rating the service as excellent and one is a poor score where you're, you're not thinking what you've seen and, and what you've experienced is excellent. So please let us know. I'll run it for about two or three minutes 
uh, or until the numbers are, are reasonable on there, um, but it should be appearing on your screen anytime now if it's not there already. So there's a number of questions you will need to scroll down the box to, to see all of them. It's a shame we can't vote for ourselves, Adam. <laughs> no, 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 we can't. It's quite important that we can't. Yeah, yeah. Just for anybody who's wondering out there. And I will display the results very quickly once we've had all the votes in. Um, so you guys can see how the, the mass of people have voted. Um, uh, we've had a, an anonymous question in around referrals back. I do want to stress that the service spec does actually say you need to contact the practice yourself. Um, so it shouldn't just be a farm outcome send and that's dealt with. Um, actually, if you've got someone who's, who's poorly enough that you do need, or you've got concerns around enough that you do need to hand them back to the practice, it's really important that's, that's a hot handover. And that's why the service is remunerated as it is. I'd also reiterate is having those long conversations the lady there uh, said that the, the urgent telephone line has gone, you know, it's not in use anymore. It's having those conversations really to find out what is, how, you know, how do they want you to escalate something that might be urgent back? And hopefully the GPs will be able to, to facilitate that in some way. And it'll grow, you know, as, as, as the service kicks off, it is in its infancy now. Um, you'll, you'll see more and more of these happen and, and there'll be a bit of learning by doing locally. Um, and finding what works and what doesn't work. So I'd imagine there would be a degree of local experimentation. There is project support going in, um, and we'll be talking to you in the areas around what that looks like for your individual area. Um, so there is project support going in really just to try and enrich that and make sure that the pharmacies are best set up for it as well as the GPs are best set up and know what that should be. Well, we've had just over 80%, so I'll give it 10 more seconds. So if you're in the middle of doing it, please submit in the next 10 seconds. For someone saying they're not seeing questions, there should be a poll up on the screen. If not, there's a polls button on the bottom. Um, the 111 Healthcare Professionals line is within the GPCPCS toolkit. Um, so that's publicized. You should have access to that. Uh, if you're not sure, have a look on the RTC website. It's all there. Well, I'll end the polling and share the results. So you should be able to see the results on your screen now. So uh, some good, seems to be good feedback on the usefulness. The technology worked as we expected it to. Um, we saw people semi-prepared for GPCPS before the event, and it's moved up a notch. So it's mostly sort of hovering around the between seven and eight, somewhere before, um, and between eight, nine, and 10 afterwards. So that's good. I'm glad you found it useful. 
Um, some good results in terms of how supported are with the LPC, a couple of not so muches, but mostly, mostly they are. Um, and then there's some, a couple of other comments. So please make sure you submit those to the email addresses um, the same way you, same method you found this link to book on to the webinar, we'll be sending out the results so you can see it. Um, what I'll do now, um, I will put in the chat, let me just figure this out, um, the links to the individual meetings. Uh, so that's on the chat now. So if you have a look for your area, so there's a link for Cheshire contractors and teams, there's a link for Holston St. Helens and Knowsley teams, a link for Liverpool teams, Sefton teams and Warrington and Wirral teams. So if you find your, your appropriate link, click on it, it will take you out the webinar and put you into another Zoom meeting. Um, and what we'll do is we'll reconvene in a couple of minutes just as everyone moves across there. Um, Alison from CPCW team, she's gonna hang around in the main webinar forum for the time being. So if there's anyone really struggling to access the links or not sure which way they should be going, please pop it in the chat or, or, or let Alison know and she'll endeavour to help you find the right place as best as she can. Thank you for watching tonight. I shall stop the recording now. <laughs>